Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. With me today is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? You know, normally your intros are a little wordier than that. Um, I'm well. Uh, Cavs uh, put up 38 points against the uh, Falcons and managed to, uh, in the first quarter, but managed to give up 140 for the game. Uh, <laughs> to lose their 11th straight. And uh, all things are well in the world. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, two teams are scoring at that pace. One of them is the Cavs. One of those teams isn't going to keep up that pace. And guess what? It was the Cavs on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, but, to we're not, but we're not here to talk about the miserable Cavs because that's that's just a lot. Uh, so we have our friend, friend of the podcast. I, I don't know if this is the first time you've been on since it's been rebranded as the Chase Down, James, but... Uh, we got James Hollis, or you might know him better as Snotty Drippin, or from him blocking you on Twitter. James, how's it going today? Oh, uh, I think this is my first time on, and if all your listeners are people who are blocked, then you must have a pretty nice audience. <laughs> yeah, we do. We don't. You got to have like three or 4,000 people listening at a time, because I have a lot of people blocked. I'm a muter, oh. not a blocker. I, I, oh. I like... I like the quiet, like, satisfaction of, like, not knowing that, like, of just never having to think about them again, because they'll never know that I've blocked them, or I've muted them, and there's kind of, I think there's a nice, um, there's a peace in that for me, but you're not a very peaceful person, Snotty. That's not true at all. This season, I've been, <laughs> I've been I have been a pond, I've been a nice, calm pond, so... Don't let the uh, my reputation might precede me, but no, I, I'm still a blocker. I just I want the I want to erase that person. I'll never have to see them ever tweet again. So, I know. one thing about the mute is now you see like that there is a reply, but you can't view what it is. And sometimes the curiosity just gets the better of me, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to figure out what that is. Uh, That's but- a mute and block problem where you can only see like a quarter of a con- like you only see bits and pieces of a of what looks like a nice juicy argument. Yeah, or or when all of a sudden there's a conversation going on like after your tweet and you only see like one person talking to himself. But James, I, I think you're actually right. I I don't recall you being particularly contentious at any point. This no, I, I haven't seen a single snotty fight. Have, have, you know what, man? I think a big part of it is just that I'm just not that invested in this season. So I, I'm not on Twitter as much. And when I am on there, I just kind of just, I just, I think, and also I think a lot of those, the people who would maybe argue and want to uh, say things to me are blocked already. You know, so I, <laughs> you just I, ran I, out I, of people. <laughs> I, I, think I love I, that conceptually. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, a lot of them TM uh, unfollowed or blocked a long time ago. So they don't, I don't deal with them. So again, I, I actually find myself getting in basketball arguments a lot less recently too. I think like, I think Twitter broke me of my interest in that. I think Honestly, I had too many bad ones that I was so put out by that like when I do see people arguing now, like when I see like Matt Moore and Sam arguing about Steph for the 76th time, 
I just think, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> and you, know, you know what? Honestly, it, it's it's not even yeah. It's 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 part of anything, right? It's growth and evolution, just like in the NBA, right? A team that goes to the finals, cool, goes to finals twice. That third time, it gets harder and harder because now you know how the game goes. <laughs> <laughs> our, our Twitter arguments are just like going to the finals three. Like going to the finals. Yeah, so now <laughs> I'm, I am the Cavs. I am I've been four times in a row, and now I'm out of gas. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going through the disease of more on uh, on Twitter. So you know, I'm, oh, wow. I'm, I'm, the disease I'm of Matt Moore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Woo! Matt. We love you, Matt. <laughs> But uh, James, I, I find it interesting. I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I, I think part of it too is we've all just been on for so long that it's like, why go through the motions anymore? Like we skip, I think we skip steps in when news breaks. It used to be there was like a day or two of jokes. Then there'd be some backlash to the jokes and then the think pieces. Now we're getting like the think pieces immediately as news breaks. If you're and, thinking about joking about this, here's why you shouldn't. Exactly. Uh, so I, I think it, it's just the whole thing's very played out. But what I am interested in, because you mentioned that you're not as invested in the season, um, how much does that have to do with your Celtics? Because I, I find them to be one of the more compelling teams this season. Um, they're still a team that, come playoffs, I actually really believe in. I, I think Kyrie's taken a leap this year. Uh, we actually haven't really talked a whole lot about Kyrie on the podcast this season, but um, just his two-way play, his uh, increased presence as a floor general, and and the team in general just seems to be finding their strides. Where, where, where are you at right now with Boston? I'm very pleased with Boston. That's The start kind of disillusioned me, right? I think, you know, um, this summer we all had, uh, especially Celtics fans, we were, we were pretty full of ourselves. And, you know, I think we all looked at the Celtics, what they did last year in the playoffs, thought, hey, add Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, who should be back to 100%, and boom, you got a super team almost. And obviously it wasn't that. You know, it started the season 10 and 10. They were very underwhelming early. And, you know, you could see the jokes about Jason Tatum practicing with Kobe, you know, not even jokes, it really happened. <laughs> Jalen Brown was forcing things. You know, uh, Rozier was struggling off the bench. It, it Yeah, they definitely – I keep saying it this way. Um, it's like seeing a, 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 car, a commercial for a really cool toy, and the toy looks awesome. But then when it shows up on your doorstep, it's uh, you got to assemble it, and you got to have glue, and you got to like do some welding. Um, and that's what it was like. The team was very, you know, some assembly was was required. And now I think they're hitting their stride. And like tonight, they beat a, a, a good, solid Indiana team. They they beat the heck out of them. You know, You're welcome for softening them up last night. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a few, few body shots. Did you have a lot of toys growing up that required welding? I was about to say, I, I'm getting re- I, here I was thinking I was ready to, you know, maybe plunge into fatherhood the next couple of years. I don't even have my welding license. <laughs> I mean, that, but that's how bad Boston was earlier. You know, yeah, it was hideous. Um, yeah, they, were, they looked really bad. And, you know, of course it was Ken Kyrie. Maybe, uh, my, my, my favorite was Spike Eskin doing the concern trolling. Hey man, you know, <laughs> the, the injuries really pile up, and Ky- maybe just Kyrie can't do the things he he did before. It is a funny thing that have you noticed that no matter where the conversation goes with the Celtics, it still goes back to this anti-Kyrie thing. Like even when I talk casually with like coworkers, like when they were really struggling, it's like ah, I just don't think Kyrie's a leader. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Kyrie's the only one who's playing well. I mean, it, it, it's um, it's. We know this about the NBA and NBA Twitter and just social media in general. Uh, reality takes 
maybe a season or two to catch up to perception. As far yeah. as, you know, Kyrie had this, his, his perception was he's a good scorer and doesn't do a lot of other things. That's very true. Last season, I thought he did other things. Maybe not consistently, but, mm-hmm. the fact, you know, he tried. And it was obviously tried, but it still stayed with him. And, of course, so this year, even though he came out gangbusters as far as defensively and he's trying to be a better playmaker, and then once he caught fire after about the first two, three weeks, he was – I mean, Kyrie played – he's been playing at the top, top eight, top ten player level, but it's still – his perception is – Look, see, he's only a score. Right. And I think part of it too last year was he had taken a step forward, but then he got hurt at the end of the year. And then they had that playoff run, which actually wasn't like as impressive as it looked. Like it was very impressive given the injuries that they had, but they went to overtime in game seven against Milwaukee. They barely scraped by them. Uh, yeah, imagine going to game seven in the first round and barely <laughs> scraping by. <laughs> well, no, couldn't no, be no. us. And then I, mean, I was about to say, like, the, the, the loss to the Cavs, like, <laughs> all things considered, the Cavs are playing just so horribly that they, they probably should have won. Like, they choked in Game 7, and the Cavs were able to take advantage. But it – They that, earned a lot of equity by beating the hell out of the Sixers. I right. do think that's, that's where we kind of give, gave them the, the loss. And, right, the, the fraudulent, fraudulent Sixers. And, but LeBron I, James I, is still LeBron James, dude. So like, oh, exactly. No, yeah, like LeBron, no. yes. How dare you? No, we we took advantage. You you opened up the door for us, and LeBron ran through it. Um, but I I think because of the way the season ended, all of a sudden it erased any goodwill that Kyrie had built up through the year. So it kind of reset, as you said. It it takes a couple a season or two for narratives to catch up. That kind of reset the clock back to zero, and I think a lot of people still are are kind of missing out on the growth that he's had in his game. I can agree with that because it, it definitely the NBA definitely is out of sight, out of mind. And when he misses the last thirty, you know, almost forty games, um, yeah. And then Terry Rozier played well in his steed, and it's all of a sudden it's you know we we saw it. Do, do they really need Curry? Do they do they really need the max? Curry? <laughs> God, that was frustrating. Because you know, there's like then, guys, we've seen the ver- the kind of player that Terry Rozier is a billion times and we all know how it works. It's like he was just Reggie Jackson. You know, like those guys are fine. <laughs> yeah. He's calling Sexton. Dude, Reggie Jackson on the Thunder was good. But he no, wasn't I'm- like a star on a starter, lead ball handler on a championship team good. And we found that out when he got a, an opportunity elsewhere. Same thing with Rogier. He's a solid, you know, high-volume bench point guard that can fill in in a pinch. So, like, anyone who, anyone who wanted to move Kyrie, uh, very, very stupid. Yeah, and, of course, now the thing is, you know, when, when they struggled early this season, or they – yeah, they struggled. It was, man, they have too many good players. Too many. They got See, too I many never guys. got the impression that they didn't have too many good players. It was like they had – I mean, my big thing, I remember we were talking to Alex Kungu before the season uh, and just kind of previewing the Celtics because I really liked this team um, and kind of what I thought they could be. But one of my concerns was they did have all these kind of similarly sized, similarly skilled players. And sometimes it is hard to have a hierarchy uh, when everyone's roughly the same um, in terms of their skill sets or at least in their perceived skill sets. So, you know, like a guy like Jalen Brown was going to take too many shots relative to what the team really needed from him. Because he's like, oh, they're putting their worst defender on me. 
I, I, I think I'm an all-star someday. I should, I should go at this guy. And it, and it didn't really work. Um, and they didn't really have the offensive hierarchy, but it does seem like they're starting to settle into that. Uh, along with Marcus Morris, just still being kind of outrageously better than he should be. <laughs> it's he is Marcus Morris is, I mean, I've never seen a guy go from just, you know, rope, like he's still just a role player, but he is a high, high end role player and he's playing like a, you know, yeah, he matters. Like he really he, matters. He definitely matters. I think he's been the Celtics second or, uh, yeah, I, I said earlier, and people said I think he's been their second best player as far as consistency. I agree. Production no. every night, both in both sides of the ball. When he's on the court, he's making good things happen, or he stopped the whole dribble, dribble, dribble thing, and he's just catching and shooting. And he's killing guys. So I would imagine that going into this season, um, you probably thought that the Celtics were you know, a favorite to at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, where did you – how did you see this team stacking up in the in the offseason, and have you changed that opinion at all? Um, yes and no, because uh, in the offseason I saw them I, – I said, Boston going to the finals. And then the Kawhi's trade happened, and all right, made me think a little bit, but I said, there's, there's just too much. Um, early on in the season, my, my faith wavered. And, you know, Kawhi and, and, and Kyle Lowry came out gangbusters. Uh, the Bucks came out gangbusters. They still don't really scare me. But I didn't know if Boston would reach that ceiling because I saw how bad Gordon Hayward looked. That was the real thing. Gordon Hayward looks – he looked uh, – it's night and day to where he was at the beginning of the season to now. He looks like a different player. But I think – I thought that's, if he can't get it back, then, you know, that – Man, a couple easy games against Maple Jordan and he's back. <laughs> <laughs> But um, like yeah, and he was like he looks really good tonight. You know, I think it was yeah. like five and five. He's moving a lot better, and his athleticism is coming back. You can just see his confidence coming back. So, um, so yeah, my confidence wavered uh, because of how good Toronto looked, and uh, you know, when Philly made the the Jimmy Butler trade, I it got me a little concerned too. But they 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 looked kind of pedestrian too. Right. Uh, yeah. So I say this about Philly. Philly is one Jimmy. Uh, no, Philly is one JJ Redick injury way. <laughs> One J.J. Redick injury away from being the Pelicans of the East, where they got three really good guys, really good players at the top, and then the rest of scraps, and, you know, they lose a lot of games that they probably shouldn't lose. With, with Banking all. a lot on your boy Landry Shamit. <laughs> Man, he, did the only difference is, do the Pelicans players hate each other? Or <laughs> is that just an exclusively Philly thing? I you, was, think, uh, you think those guys hate each other? I think I, there's I think, some awkwardness. I think at the very least, Ben Simmons and Embiid aren't that tight and don't really talk to one another from everything I've heard. Um, and, and Jimmy, Jimmy hates everyone. Yeah, Jimmy, apparently. <laughs> How do I feel about the Jimmy thing? Because he's never really – has he at any point been wrong? Here, Here's the thing. Well, no, here, here's my thing. So I, I, I have a take, on, but I'd like to ask you first. I was on Team Jimmy in Minnesota just because of, like, everything we've heard with Cat and Wiggins on just them being more focused on their contracts and, and not really being uh, kind of committed to the game, at least in the same way that he would expect from his teammates, especially when his whole goal was, okay, I'm going to force my way here. And I'm going to have these young guys that will help me kind of age gracefully and we, we can be a contender. I don't think that's the issue in Philadelphia. Like, I think there's issues with roster construction, fit, things like that. Um, but I, I think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, I, I, I think that's a different caliber of player. And for Jimmy to once again be unhappy and complaining about his touches, um, 
or at least how he's getting his touches and things like that. I, I think it's starting to turn me a little bit on Butler when I was very, very pro him in Minnesota. Where are you at on uh, this, Snotty? So I turned against him in Minnesota because this, this, I, there's a way to be a strong leader. And even if you're a jerk, you know, you can be an asshole and be a strong leader. And then there's, there's also there's a way to be like a peacock. And that's what I get from him. I get from him that he, he's, he's wearing the mantle of the Kobe mentality, maverick kind of guy. It's also because he's he's it's a lot of it's. I mean, sure, vanity's part of I think of being a pro athlete, but he takes it to another level. I, I think a lot with him, it's a lot of it's show. He does a lot of stuff for show. Yeah, he, he likes. You mean he, having Rachel Nichols lined up the day <laughs> of his tantrum? It's funny because he was tried, orchestrated. Yeah, absolutely, because he said, "Oh yeah, he, I had that. I had that. I had that lined up weeks ago." But then I remember Rick, Nate, Rachel Nichols. She came out, you know, right after it and says, "Oh yeah, uh, I got a call." You know, hey, can yeah, you? She was in L.A. Here? She had just landed in LAX. She said Absolutely. that on Low Pod. So he says he had it lined up weeks prior. He just did this on the uh, what's he on the uh, JJ Reddick pod, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's come on. It's so uh, and again, my the other part of that issue with him is that he's closer to a Michael Finley than he is a Michael Jordan, but he yeah. wants to be treated like a Michael Jordan. Yeah, and that's, well, that's just, Brett Brown needs to text him the video of Draymond yelling to Paul Pierce. You thought you was Kobe? You're you're not that good, Jimmy. <laughs> like you're, you're really good, but you're you're not like tier one can lead a team as the best player to a championship. Good. Yeah, you know what's funny about um, the the whole Jimmy thing is like, you know, every the big Jimmy defense, and I just mentioned it when I was setting up the discussion, which is. Has he been wrong though? Has he been wrong though? Like the Bulls were <laughs> shitty, and the and the Wolves young guys don't care, and the Sixers offense is ugly. It's like, dude, if you've worked anywhere in any professional environment, it's like so easy to shit on stuff and be right while you do it. It's actually not hard at all because because every, every workplace has a lot of dumb shit that you just got to deal with or make better or whine about yeah and it just feels like he's just whining about shit he doesn't like at work and it's it's not what you say it's how you say it because like you said you could say he was right but what are you doing you can't what is he accomplishing that's exactly what i'm saying like that's that's like the big thing is like i understand like you want to like agitate to make change but it doesn't really appear like he wants to be a proactive part of that change you know and like that's that's being a good coworker. That's being someone who that's how you kind of create a positive team environment and hopefully get buy-in from everyone involved. It's like, you don't just say, I hate this. I hate that. I don't get as much, you know, as many on the dribble touches. It's like, Oh, well, how can we figure out how to feed everyone and make adjustments? You know, I, I'll bet Dwayne Wade didn't love playing off ball next to LeBron at first either. Right. And, he, no, he and, and where's a better and Dwayne solution? Wade is a lot better than Jimmy Butler will ever what, be. What does Jimmy want? Like, is there a better situation out there for him? Like, uh, does he want to go to Miami? Is is that going to give him the uh, the competitive edge? Do you think this is just the Warriors kind of skewing things? I remember Lowe was talking about that on one of his podcasts recently, which is like, you know, like because everyone in the Warriors from a basketball open floor. I think that okay. Was, uh, Either way, it's like everyone fits so well together on the Warriors that that's almost the new expectations for like, Hey, we have three, four stars on this team. Wait, 
our skill sets don't perfectly complement one another? What the fuck? That's <laughs> like, not how it works most of the time. Most of the time, you've got to make you got to be Kevin Love, and you got to change your game. Uh, and it doesn't appear Jimmy's super interested in doing so. So you think you are you saying that it's skewing it from the players' perspectives too? Maybe or, a little, right? I mean, I mean, I, that's I mean I, I'm developing the thought mid sentence, so who's to say? And it but, also <laughs> might be just like they they can't really fool themselves into thinking that it's going to be enough. Like I think in the past, flawed yeah, could, could go through the year. Like even Dallas when they won, there were stretches in the middle of the year where okay, the defense isn't good enough. Um, there there were, but you know the the team didn't necessarily fall apart, and they kind of pulled it together towards the end of the season. Now, like the margin for error, even with the Warriors having all the issues that they've had, the margin for error is so slight just because of all of that talent that if you're not fitting and you're not getting along well and you don't have a great supporting cast, like you know that there is just mountains and mountains left to climb, and you're like, fuck this. Why, why am I going to play good soldier? Like, let me get mine. Let me put myself in position to get a contract in the summer. I mean, the reason should be that, like, Philly brought him in with the, you know, all the intentions of we're going to give you your $190 million. Like, you're going to get your money, and then I I think we all agree here. Golden State's going to look different next season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody's going to be gone. So, like, and then after the season after that, like, it's, it's not going to last forever, which it sounds – that sounds very, like, you know, almost – Well, Jimmy's few. retiring by 34, so he doesn't he, forever. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> What is he doing, dude? Oh, I'm retired at 34. He wants to be young and rich and have fun, which is great. Absolutely. I'm, I would never say he's wrong to do that. But then, man, I don't know. What's, not, that, is that like a him and Kyrie thing that they worked out together? Because both of them have been riding that train that they want to retire young. Well, Kyrie wants to go lead a commune in, <laughs> like, in Papua New Guinea. So... I don't know about – I don't know if we really want to count Kyrie in this. Uh, well, I, I guess he's getting tips from Brad Stevens on how to lead a cult. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> I, I do – getting back to kind of how the Celtics measure up in the Eastern Conference, I do find this in- season a little interesting because the Warriors have taken – even though they've added some talent, they've taken a step back down to earth. Um, Houston appears to kind of be blossoming into the team that we kind of expected them to be this, this season. Real quick, the thing with Houston, watch watch for James Harden getting burned out because well, he, I'm, I mean, of course, that's, he is doing some work right now, and it's only January, and let's see how long he can keep playing this level. I think Houston is high key still fraudulent. No, I, I'm I'm with you there, but in terms of determining the second tier, I, I think we can move kind of Houston up into that. Whereas that's before. But yeah. whereas before, I, I thought it was just kind of, okay, you got the Warriors, then you got Toronto, Boston. The four uh, teams in the Mil- East. Milwaukee, yeah. And, and you know what? Honestly, we should start being fair to Denver. We, we should probably. I, I'm not super interested in being fair to Denver. I, but I if, 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 we're going to include, if we're going to include Philly, you're, you kind of have That's to. Fair. Right. Can we just put, drop Philly and Denver down to yes. a third tier? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But with uh, that. James, go, going back to it, who is the measuring stick for you? Because I I think Boston has all the talent it needs to make the finals. It's going to come down to chemistry and execution. But when you're looking at the Eastern Conference, is it Toronto that you kind of measure yourselves up against? Is it Milwaukee? Because, I mean, you look at the game tonight, Milwaukee versus Houston, and, like, those are some really goddamn good teams. And and Milwaukee is just 
put together so many impressive wins over the Warriors, over the Raptors, uh, over the Rockets now. Like, where, where do you think these teams kind of stack up in the conference? Uh, as of right now, I, I got to say, uh, so for the full season, I would say Toronto and yeah, Milwaukee, they've earned it. They they're right there. They have the best record right now, I think, right? In the in the East and I think in the NBA. So right. uh, yeah, Milwaukee is, has they they've exceeded my expectations. I knew that Coach Bud would make a difference. I didn't know he'd make such a difference so fast. Like they, they he's really weaponizing Giannis, uh Giannis' size and, and he's getting he's turning Chris Milton into a, 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 a more volume shooter. So uh, so Toronto, uh, then Milwaukee's right there. I still got Boston as third. Now, if we're talking especially recently, since, since Marcus Smart's been a, a starter on November 26th, mm-hmm. they have the best offense in the NBA. So for like a month and a half now, they've led the, they've led the NBA uh, in offensive rating. Um, and again, they went 15 and five after a 10 and 10 start. So that's, that's pretty good, man. I'm, Dude, if I, if I really challenged you, because you just listed the Celtics third, if I really challenge you to be honest in your heart of hearts, uh, would you really put the Bucks above the Celtics? Because I kind of don't think you would. I'm just saying from how they played so far. Yeah, I'm talking if the playoffs. Oh no, no, no! How the playoffs went. If we were saying the playoffs started right now and all the teams were healthy, I would, I would still think I, I would give Boston the inside track right okay. now That's over the Raptors as well. At, over the Raptors as well, because I think the Raptors are starting to show a little bit that some of the, some of their issues, it, it, even mm-hmm. though they 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 start off gang, the gangbusters too, and they're mm-hmm. still playing very well. But we do see that like Kyle Lowry's starting; he's been kind of inconsistent, and I don't know if it's age. I don't know if he's just saving himself. He's whatever. Old well, and short. Here, here's the, the tough thing. combo. I I was about to say, I'm actually lower like I was high on Toronto coming in I really think that if they don't make a trade by the deadline and add like either an all-star or borderline all-star talent really I think think I'm going to be pretty out on them come playoffs because you look at them right now let me let me me step real quick and try to try to guess what you're going to say okay a lot of a lot of their success is because Serge Ibaka is having a career year and I don't know how what how long that holds up Mm -hmm. and um then their bench guys haven't been quite as impactful and their starters have been so good. It kind of, it kind of glosses over that. So even though the bench guys are starting to pick it up, it's still, it's still so heavily on Kawhi and, and, uh, and Lowry's shoulders. And then Lowry himself is maybe starting to show cracks. No, absolutely. I mean, Kyle Lowry, he's going to be 33 years old. He's about five ten. He's got bad back issues and that's not something that necessarily goes away during season. And I mean, a lot of his playoff shortcomings has been his body breaking down by the time that time of year comes around. And when you look at it right now, the on-off splits with Kyle Lowry are ridiculous. They can't seem to run the team if he's not on the floor. Even if he's struggling shooting, that offense does not get anything done. And their most impressive wins of the year have come fun. Like, I I don't think this is a... uh, an indictment on Kawhi at all, but they've come with Kawhi out of the lineup and Lowry going out there and they blow out the Warriors in Golden State. Um, they, they've had some impressive wins like that. Uh, they they beat the Bucks. There's no indictment. We just can't learn anything from it. No, I, what I think it is, is the fact that Nick Nurse hasn't found a way to integrate an offense, a new offense, and kind of work Kawhi into that. And... I, I just don't think that the, the offense is as sound as it has been in the past. I think they're more talented now, and that's why we're not seeing as much of a drop-off. 
But I really think getting Dwayne Casey out of there, putting Nurse in, a rookie head coach in this situation where you basically have one year uh, to sell Kawhi on the franchise, I just I, I don't think that they've done enough things to make a, a consistent offense that is going to be bulletproof in the playoffs when you're going against teams with a defensive capability that Milwaukee and Boston have. I don't believe in Kyle Lowry's back. And I mean, if you're Kawhi Leonard and you go into this summer and they haven't traded for a Bradley Beal or, or someone that's going to be part of the future, what makes you think that 33-year-old Kyle Lowry is the guy you want to be next to? Like, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think, I think that pressure. I think that pressure is toxic. Like, I, I it had an impact on the Cavs with LeBron. It's it has an impact any time a star is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, AKA, AKA OKC with Paul George in uh, last season, I think. Right, and, and yeah. he was staying. It's hard on players. Everyone gets tight buttholes uh, when it's like, oh, the re I. Because I didn't make that three, and now we lost, and now he's going to leave, and now we're going to suck. That shit is real. Um, But let me play devil's advocate on the Raptors because I think you guys are being just a little too hard on this year's team. I think the Lowry thing is a problem in the future. Like I think anyone who's not really accounting for that is making a mistake because he is going to be bad at basketball relatively soon. Just that's what the curve tells us. Right. but I think back, right now, why do you think his back is going to get better this year? Like that's something that's always an issue. I'm saying they've been excellent, even with his mediocre back this year. And the thing I like about the Raptors is they have so few core lineups that they run out that concede just about anything. You know, uh, like you with the the Bucks, if they want to play their their five out, that means they have to play Brook Lopez, who can get exploited on defense and on the boards, like. Uh, the Celtics, uh, their core lineup, you know, with their five most talented guys, not their core lineup, I guess, but, it, you know, with the, their original starting lineup uh, kind of gets pushed around, doesn't rebound particularly well. Stuff like that, uh, where I do like the fact that the Raptors kind of – because remember the last year's version of the Raptors, even as good as they were in the regular season, like their best lineups were like Lowry, Van Vliet, DeRozan. And it was like – well, that's not going to work against a good team in the playoffs, and we just knew it right away. Right. Um, we that's They don't have as many problems like that. Uh, I do worry about the top-end talent, but for me, I'm actually more worried about Milwaukee in the postseason. Really? And, and maybe this is a result of uh, the Cavs just absolutely fucking shredding Mike Budenholzer's defenses year after year, mm-hmm. but he still plays that very conservative style that – a good offense can just manipulate like crazy. You know, they give up corner threes. Give up corner threes, and the, and their bigs drop so deep on every pick and roll, and good teams have guys who can shoot off the dribble. Kyrie's going to score 40 a game against that Bucks team if they just keep going at Brooke Lopez and pick and roll. Like – they they yeah so what they'll do is they'll just bring in Thon and, and go all all arms and legs. I just, I just think they're a bin, but don't. <laughs> Did break. you just say Thon Maker is a solution? Yeah, yeah, like that's like yeah. it's an imperfect solution, is my point. Is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Bucks, absolutely right. There's, there's no this real Bucks team, This Bucks defense is kind of built on this like, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bend but not break, but a good pull up shooter is enough to break this shit. <laughs> And uh, I'd just be worried about it if I were if I were a fan of the Bucks. Like it, I think the offense is going to stay elite, but defensively, I think they might just get shredded. 
Well, my only thing with the playoffs with the Bucks versus uh, why I think Toronto would have a, a bigger advantage is because Giannis is awesome. Uh, Chris Milton's really, really good. And he, yep. you know, he's shown. But it's still, we know when it comes to the playoffs, it's all about it's, it. Star power kind of matters more in the playoffs, right? And Giannis, Giannis and his lack of a jumper will be, it's not going to be a problem, but, you know, that's, it's an issue. You can't shoot really in the playoffs. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different ball game. He's going to score a lot. He's going to take a lot of shots. Uh, with Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, um, unless we're just saying that, you know, Kyle's not going to be effective in the playoffs, Kawhi is one of those kind of guys where he, he can, you know, we've seen it. He, he's a top three, top four player, and he can break he can break a defense. I underrate Kawhi sometimes because of the lack of flash, I think. Like when I think about like playoff impact, right. I, it's so easy to imagine Giannis taking over playoff games and not as easy to imagine Kawhi. Yeah. And I think I, 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 to some extent, do that with Kawhi. Like I sort of underrate how fucking yeah. good he's been. That, that's, that, I think that's an easy trap to fall into. Yeah. So really? I, for those reasons, I still think rap the the East goes through Toronto, um, and I, I just, I kind of just want to see the Celtics be uber elite for maybe a little while longer. I, I kind of, I, I was pretty torn between the two teams on who was going to make it, just like just about everyone else. Uh, but I do think it kind of those two are even in their own mini tier above Milwaukee, though not a full tier. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because uh, even though I was, you know, when you asked me the question, it was about what we've seen so far. But yeah, if we're talking about when the playoffs start, um, Toronto, you know, the, their guys have some experience and they're young and they're athletic and they got some some versatility there. Uh, so yeah, Toronto. Now I just I don't know. I just feel like the the full stink of that. Those. Those, no, no it's, and I know it sucks. No, you, no, you're right. You're right. Dude, I, I, I kind of don't. I think they're over it. I, I think DeRozan was big part of that loser mentality, man. I, I still think. Remember his expand. fucking quotes is that if we had LeBron, we would have won too. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you know what? Getting that out of your mindset is helpful. I mean, Lowry did walk off though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lowry, Lowry has quit multiple times. Like he quit in the middle of a game, and then came back. And then in 2017, he quit to protect his contract uh, wow. negotiation yeah. number. Which I mean, Yeesh. Raptor fans, good lord, are you guys forgiven for that? Um, but Yeesh. yeah, it's. I, I still think it goes a little deeper than that. I mean, Serge Ibaka hasn't been great in playoffs either. Uh, he's going to need to be a big factor to them. Do we buy uh, Indy? No, um, I, I, they're nice, but no. Yeah, they're a fun Bunch story. They're kind of like the Celtics last year. There you go. Like, They're the tryhards. Bunch, bunch of tryhards. Uh, like, do the things that make you not want to play them. Like, the, they're super uber pressure on ball defense. We're like, God damn it. I was just like trying to run a little thing. Like, they we're running some off ball action. I'm just supposed to dribble at the top of the court while we run a flare screen. Can you get off my ass? Like, that's playing the Pacers, I feel. Yes. But yeah, you, you, you don't be chest to chest with me during the timeout, bro. Just go ahead like, back off. Can you just chill? Uh, and, like, you win games that way. and But I still, Regular. like, I don't see a route for them to score at a particularly high level in the postseason against a good defense. I mean, let's go again to tonight. I know it's a, it's, a, it's one game, it's a small snapshot, but uh, without Miles Turner, but, yeah. The Celtics basically just crowded uh, Victor Oladipo, and they made a lot of shots. And like no one else, sure, some like the modest uh, Sabonis had twenty points, and that was basically it. You know, the rest of the team they just have like seven competent passers, and none 
that are like particularly I don't I think they're a bunch of six and a half out of ten ball movers. And like that's nice, but like sometimes you need like Oladipo to be an eight. Like when when you hard trap him, like he needs to find the skip pass, not the closest pass. And he just doesn't really have that vision. Um and (laughs) that's where with a team that has the ball in his hands as often as they do, like he needs to be able to like make those passes to completely destabilize a defense when the trap comes. And I just haven't seen that from him yet. Well, and they, they also need Miles Turner to be a actual like star, and he's not. That's yeah, that's yeah. The thing, right because right now, again, we've seen the one star thing, and with LeBron, it worked. LeBron was LeBron, and with other guys like Dwayne Wade, it worked because Dwayne was Wade. But Debo is really good. He's not one of those players, you know. Yeah, he's not yeah. honest. He's, he's really good. He's just not. He's he's you can't. He needs more help. He needs more help from guys. And right now, Miles Turner is just a really good role player and hasn't turned into that kind of star caliber guy they need and I, I thought that contract was just fantastic when they signed him to it and then this season he just hasn't shown kind of the growth that I anticipated and I mean there, there's a pretty I don't know growth. I think he's been okay I think he's no been I'm, I'm not saying I mean he wasn't bad before that's why I thought the contract was good he just hasn't taken a leap I mean you could probably make a pretty compelling argument that Sabonis has been better than him this year um right before he got he's hurt now i think and i think right before he got hurt he was he was he was making a really big defensive impact yeah he's missed the last two games with uh i don't even know how he got hurt but yeah he defensively he'd been he'd been really good for them um and that's where he becomes the the antithesis of sabonis sabonis is great it's a lot it's better offensively but it's still not you know he's he's not bad at least in the post defensively while turner was can, can possibly be one of those Backbone Anchors. of a really good defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, know, I, I, you know, I just love as an NBA player and, like, have just always really enjoyed his game, even though he's not particularly great at anything as Darren Collison. I just like watching him play. I feel like he just – he's one of those, like, unsung, like, probably better as a as a really good backup. Like, remember absolutely. when he backed up CP3 in yep. uh, New Orleans? Um, yep. he's, like, like, he's, like the, he's like Terry Rozier 1.0. He's like the original mm-hmm. Terry Rozier. But like a little more problematic hole to play with and a little more problematic. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably, why is he problematic? What do you do? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Look it up. After. Issue. <laughs> what? what? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, DV issue. Did? Issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. did? Yeah. Not yeah. great. That's right. Kind of forgot, kind of forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm here to remind you guys of that and, and just, make things uncomfortable. Just bringing it down. Uh, but rightfully so. Comfortable. Uh, Giannis hitting Harden in the ball <laughs> in the face with that ball it killed me. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts on the MVP race, James. Because oh, hey, real quick, last thing I want to say about Miles Turner right before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Last eleven games, he was uh, before, oh, before the eight point game. He was averaging about seventeen points, nine rebounds, three blocks a game, uh, and yeah, it was plus seven. So he was he he just kind of picking it up a little bit. Those are, okay. That is pretty good. Suck it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that that actually makes for a cleaner transition than what I was clumsily trying to do so I'm okay with it. Um we're we're at the time of year we're at the halfway mark where now we're going to start looking into games too much. Um we're we're going to start talking MVP and tonight kind of kicked that off cuz you had Giannis versus Harden who I think everybody kind of agrees is the uh the front front runners right now. Um I think we put a little too much stock into these individual matchups. Uh, in terms of whoever wins has the uh, is in the driver's seat for MVP, um, but I, personally, I still think Giannis would be my vote. As crazy as what Harden's doing right now, 
Um, Giannis has just been doing it all season, and he's got that two-way impact. And, and plus, I, I just want to give it to someone that's a little more enjoyable to watch. Where, where do you fall on this, James? Uh, yeah, I think Giannis would be my front runner right now, too. And as good as Harden has been, absolutely like breathtaking lately. And we talk about Harden, how he's, you know, the foul drawing and stuff, and it does suck. And he took, what, 27 free throws the other night, whatever, 23 free throws the other night. That's, that kind of stuff is annoying. But lately, he's actually been like just showing us that I'm, I'm shooting threes. Like he was shot, he was shooting 17 threes a game for like the past like four or five games recently. And he's like, so he's he's scoring. He's just scoring buckets. But that's only right now. And like you said, for the full season, it's definitely uh, Giannis has been the guy. I think Harden has definitely shot his way up the rankings, right? Because they were just out of the playoffs a few weeks ago, and now they're right there. I think close to like fourth or fifth back in, in the West and Harden's been yeah. out of his mind. So, uh, yeah, he's shot up the rankings and he's doing things. I said this the other day, it's like he's trying to break basketball. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's giving the analytics crowd everything they want. He's, he's shooting better from three than from two. He's, he, you know, he's bombing away from three at a ridiculous level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just, he's unstoppable. So it's, and it, it is, it's weird to watch because it's fun. It's fun watching him make Jamal Murray, you know, kiss his feet. When he falls down, no, but, that, that was very hurtful, James. Don't, ooh, don't bring that sorry. up. He's, he's one. Of, he's one of you guys. He's one of your boys. <laughs> one of his. He's one of them. Um, TM. <laughs> yeah, that is one of my gripes with the MVP stuff with Harden, though. Is that like a big part of the recent noise is that the Rockets were so shitty to start the year, and I'm not interested in giving an MVP. <laughs> I'm not going to give. I'm not interested in giving someone the MVP just because they were the preseason MVP at the Spearmint Rhino and played their way into shape to have to save their season, uh, where Giannis has just been like prime Shaq offensively uh, somehow all year for the best team in the league. Like, I don't even get how it's a conversation right now. And I understand how good Harden's been recently, but it's like Giannis has been consistently unreal. Their point differential is like double anyone else in the league. It's I mean, just I'm like a asshole, no-brainer so, to me. I'm an asshole, so this shit takes shouldn't really surprise you guys. But like, part of why I wouldn't want to give it to Harden if people were ever stupid enough to give me a vote is like, I know how badly he wants it, and I, I don't want him to get it for that reason. Like, I, going all I just can't like, shake like two-time MVP James Harden. Right, like, Harden, right? Change, yeah, that's crazy. something. LeBron um, pacing, LeBron pacing himself. Uh, in the regular season, and Durant going to uh, Golden State did something to the MVP award that well, where I just don't care about it anymore because I know none of the three best players in the league are going to win. But also, Harden, like, he, he goes weird. all out in the regular season and he burns out in the playoffs. Like, we know this. But and- we just know he's not in the tier. Like, it used to be, like, the MVP, at least, at least for most of my, like, adult basketball fan life because i don't like counting anything that happened when i was like 15 because i was a moron uh like but like in my like in the last like 12 to 15 years i would say like the mvp is normally we all pretty much agree is like the best player or like close to the best player and i don't really think anyone thinks james harden's a top three player or russ was a top three player Derek Rose ruined the yeah, idea. I agree. I think I think we all realize how much now it's more about narrative and numbers. Yeah, it just doesn't. It but it becoming so obviously about narrative and numbers as opposed to like it used to be like oh, he's the best player and also his team was pretty good. But like now that doesn't work because 
the warrior situation is so weird and LeBron doesn't give a shit. So it's like this weird trio, weird series of things where it's like, I just don't think the MVP matters anymore. Oh, and, and worth mentioning the stupid NBA awards where they don't announce for like till three months after the season ends. That's another big thing. So let's take a full circle right back to the beginning of it. It's almost like the, the Twitter arguments and stuff because like I think we are now so steeped and we're kind of like we've learned the rhythm of the season and how things go. That yeah, I'm just saying it doesn't I don't care. I don't like on 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 uh over on Dunktail's part, I don't want to talk the MVP because it doesn't matter. Because we're gonna yeah. talk about it now, it'll be something totally different in a few months. Watch what's gonna happen. Harden's gonna start Chris Chris Paul's gonna come back, Harden's gonna slow down, some other player is gonna either take off, like LeBron's gonna come back and go nuts and it's 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 very much what have you done for me lately, even with the MVP. So whoever ends the season the strongest is like, oh, this this guy's the MVP now. That's what Russ did. Russ right. was kind of eh, most early in the season. He took off, you know, late. He had a lot of clutch, shot, clutch shots and had that narrative going for him. And he finished off the season strong. And that won him the MVP. I remember – so I used to produce at a, at a sports network. And my least favorite segment was, is X in the MVP conversation? <laughs> who gives a fuck if you don't think they're gonna win <laughs> yeah. so it's like, like paul george right now he's playing great he's playing great he's in he's in every conversation is he fifth is he sixth does it matter doesn't matter yeah. No, yeah he's not one or one i don't care let's let's just give him defensive player of the year and I, i'm i'm good yeah. with that nice pat on the shoulder yeah we'll move uh, on before we wrap this up james are the lakers going to Speaking of apathy this season, are the Lakers going to get anyone that makes them worth caring about this season, or do you think uh, they're going to ride this out? Well, the Lakers picked Lonzo Ball over uh, D'Angelo Russell, and D'Angelo Russell has been playing out of his mind. They picked, mm-hmm. uh, they picked like I guess Ingram or Kuzma over or whoever because they didn't even try to get Julius Randle back. He's he's averaging, he's averaging like twenty one and nine, uh, you know, for like half the season now in 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 freaking. In, Port, in Pelican land. Right. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say they could have traded for Paul George. They decided not to, and look what happened. I want. I don't know if Magic and Palenka are really pulling the, the, all the right strings, and we'll see. We'll see what happens this summer because I don't think during the, during the season that I can get anybody. You know what's funny, James, is that I remember I was doing similar concern trolling about the Celtics like two years ago. Like, <laughs> like, like, oh, man, they're – are they going to cash this shit in at any point ever? Or are they just yeah. going to keep drafting guys? And it turns out just keeping drafting guys worked for you guys. But the difference is the Lakers don't have any more help coming. Right. No. Like in the draft, like in the natural way, like they got to go get someone. They have to. And I, I don't see I, like uh, what's, what's Lonzo Ball and, and Kuzma going to really get you. So, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because, I mean, we all know that the Cavs are incredibly fortunate that LeBron James happened to have been born close to Cleveland. But, I mean, the Lakers, when you're talking about, because this has been like a hot topic on Twitter recently about, oh, do the Cavs deserve another a top pick in the draft? Um, or before it was, oh, did they deserve to have LeBron come back? Like, what did the Lakers do? Like, they, they're close to film studios. That's it. Like, the, yes, the Cavs whiffed on a couple picks, but at least they had a few that you had Kyrie, Yetcherson Thompson, who was essential to 2016. Uh, and then the picks that didn't exactly go well, they traded Dion for basically an entire supporting cast in Mozgov, Shumpert, and J.R. Smith. 
Um, they traded Wiggins and Bennett. They sold high on their kind of underwhelming small forward version of Brandon Ingram uh, while, while they had the chance before he cratered his value and got Kevin Love. Like, it, I mean, draft picks are lottery <laughs> tickets, but you have to recognize what they are and not just always hope for the best case scenario. I mean, the true incompetence isn't drafting Deion Waiters, maxing him, Pat Riley. Dude, no one is more weirdly in their feeling. It's like one of the more weird subplots that only I think Cavs fans know about because no one else could possibly give a shit. But like <laughs> Heat Media is just still so bitter about everything. I do. And it's like, it. like they hate the Cavs so much. And it's just great. Cause it's just like, we suck. We don't, we're not worried about you. It's, we're not worth your hate. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you so mad at us? I did not know. I did not know there was there was still beef between like oh. heat, heat media comes with the cows still, huh? Yeah, they just like hate the organization. I think uh, probably, you know what? I I did see my guy say that today when he was like, "Are we saying that do the, the Cavs deserve another?" Number? I did see that. Yeah, it's just oh, like, but yeah, it's not uh, it's George Sedano. I I love and we love Sedano, but it's Sedano, you're my guy, just, baby. It is like it is region wide. There's just this general like like. We can't. I think there's like a. I can't believe the heat in like heat culture and Pat Riley lost LeBron to these fucking morons. I, I think that's the thing. They you spend a little too much time around Pat Riley and you get that indoctrinated. And there's it. a superiority complex that is not particularly well earned. Right. Um, so crazy that such a mediocre team would have a superiority. Super, superiority. Yeah, that's that's kind of my <laughs> thing, man. Yeah. And listen, and don't get me started on on. Uh, railing on Riley. Dude, last season, I think the Heat fans were one of the main ones in my mentions because I said, man, they finished the season like um, like ridiculously strong the year before. I don't know if they can keep that up. Well, you know, you obviously don't understand. You don't know. <laughs> Heat culture. great this year. We're, oh, you you obviously didn't watch. I, yeah. I did watch. They, they went like 38 and 4 down the stretch. That's not sustainable, guys. Yeah, yeah. Deion Waiters once averaged like 28 points down the – in yeah, the like, last the two guy. months of the season with the Cavs, like no one's trying anymore, guys. Yeah, yeah, and even I said, hey guys, you guys average all that with you know your season in the last year. Waiters was averaging like twenty five a game. You think that's sustainable? Why not? Mm -hmm. I said, all right, brother. And they yeah. were snorting heat culture. Dion was snorting eat culture. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, that team is just hot garbage. <laughs> Talk about who deserves things. Go yeah. max out Kelly Olynyk and Hassan Whiteside again. And, like, I think the argument against the Cavs is just that they got so many picks. But, like, if you're talking about deserves in terms of, like, recently, it's like... anything. It's not... It's yeah, lot, exactly. It's what, a lottery all, for the shittiest teams in the league. Exactly. You're at the... You, you have high lottery odds because you suck. The Cavs weren't even trying to suck, really. I mean, they extended Kevin Love, and then he broke his foot in preseason. Like... They sold off bets. Like, that's what everyone says you should do. You shouldn't be in the middle. You shouldn't be mediocre. Um, so, and, and then you look at the other teams at the bottom, like Chicago, uh, New York, Washington. Incompetent. Like, Incompetent. Incompetent. Yeah, Phoenix. Like, okay, I, I get it. But, like, it's not like the Cavs are any more or less incompetent than those teams. And, you, you know, the best way to phrase it is imagine spending – the year of our Lord, 2019, 
being jealous of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> there are so many better ways to focus your energy. So many teams that are so much more worthy of your envy. Plus, the damn lottery odds are flat for the million. Yeah, million even, and we're gonna fin- we're, they're gonna have the fifth pick. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I've rented. We're gonna ride into the time. sunset with whoever the fuck. Cam yeah. <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr. Tom. Kevin Let's Porter Jr. That's the name I wanted by Paul Bull and his busted ass foot. That's what that's what's gonna happen. All right. Rest, rest easy, George. And on that depressing note, let's wrap this up. James, this was long overdue. Really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. Uh, before we go, plug your stuff. Let people know where they can find you. You can find me almost nowhere because I've been a bum this year. Uh, I no, wanna, you're getting I, swole. You're getting swole. That's what you've been. I actually have been spent a lot of time in the gym and then out and about socializing with the ladies. Yikes. Hey, boys. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, Justin never sounds more like he's pitching a uh, uh, pyramid scheme than when he tells <laughs> someone to pitch their stuff. <laughs> uh, all right guys yeah. uh, now we're gonna just uh, welcome james up to the stage james tell us right, about uh, how you got to where you got all you got to do you invest 300 bucks and i swear to you in a year and a half you'll make quadruple that okay so um uh. <laughs> yeah i'm over at lineups.com uh where i do a podcast with uh your boy oliver maroney uh my guy my guy, my guy. oliver <laughs> Yep. Um, I try to call it the Lock and Trail Pod. They call it the Lock and Go Pod. I don't like that, but whatever. Uh, then of course, <laughs> I, got, I got my boy Joe Borelli that we do the Dunk Tales Pod. Uh, check us out there at Joe Borelli. Check my guy out. And that's that's about it, man. That's it. And follow you at Snotty Drippin'. Follow me at Snotty Drippin' on Twitter, and you'll see it's like pictures of my dog and I go out with my friends and. I do talk basketball, but just not as much. It's you know what? I, I just I've mellowed. I've mellowed as a, as I've Twitter aged. Haven't we all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, except Justin. <laughs> I hey, I'm less awful. I think maybe. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, you are. Maybe, yeah. maybe wrap the pot. I <laughs> I became less awful, and all I have is this damn shirt. I'll say um, you, right. you threw out oh, you threw out an excellent troll the other day. Uh, the Clarkson one from today was great. I didn't see that one, but which one? He, he got people pissed. He, like, oh, you're still. Oh, it was the three one one. It was the the, the Steph Curry hit the three on his jersey at thirteen. I, little, I thought that was innocent. Steph went this next, but people was, got mad. No one, no one uh, engenders more like violent hate than Justin for marginally like, like cheeky tweets. What, no, you understand it's because for years when they did have LeBron, you guys were insufferable bastards. Well, it's like I think they <laughs> well, thought Justin before. would stop, and he right. did. And he, you know he has stopped, so that was nothing. But, but no, they, he hasn't stopped. I actually, I, I think it's actually way easier to talk shit when I'm not yeah. invested in my own team's product. No, yeah, well, you don't care about your team and you talk shit, but the, the point is now, when he does it, now it's like, well, now your team sucks. We're going to come at you even harder. You know what I'm saying? Don't realize Justin doesn't care. Don't realize. Yeah, but I, just just want, I want creative comebacks. Like, I don't want, oh, the Cavs are irrelevant. Man, I fucking know I cover this team. Yeah, well, I waste so much time on this stupid team. But yeah, you're, <laughs> uh, you're one today uh, comparing Clarkson and Kuzma's per 36s. 
Uh, and, and, then, and you know what? The and then perfect. saying if we include our point guard that can't shoot, we might be able to trade for Anthony Davis. Nice. <laughs> Too good. Man, the per game is basically identical. I just went with the per 36 because it, it would make it look a little... Because Clarkson better. looks looks better. Yeah. <laughs> he, he absolutely looks better. This is cruel. <laughs> we figure out a way to get uh, get Dame, Dame and Brow together. That's what we need to figure out. Somewhere. Um, right. I, I mean, if you listen to... <laughs> to clutch sports it's gonna be in los angeles no, but no. uh yeesh. yeah we did a real good job of wrapping up this podcast yeah well done. it's probably not my fault at all <laughs> no it's me it's me i, I kept i kept i kept blindsiding you guys with other bullshit it was me no i i mean that's that's basically what we live for so thanks again james i want to thank our listeners as well you guys have been awesome with your support i remember the best way to support the podcast is by subscribing you don't even have to listen just subscribe it'll cook those numbers it'll count on uh, <laughs> counting metrics um so we would really appreciate that uh and if you want to go a step further you can leave us a rating leave a review subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe really cook those numbers and if you want to be part of our Discord chat, when you leave a review for the podcast, take a little screenshot of that, email it to chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we will send you a link to the Discord chat. So thanks again to James. Thanks to our listeners. Until next time, go Cavs.